All right. Well, the real question is, have you seen our new logo? Uh, yeah. You like him? You think it's pretty good? I do like it. Get it? It's, it's, uh, it's like a meatloaf in the shape of a football. Beefy ball. It's a, it's a, I mean, I'd eat. It's a ball made of beef. Right? Yeah. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to Beefy Ball. Finally, we rebranded to a name that we don't all hate. Yay! Yay! Very exciting. Very exciting. Also very exciting is there's still football. And it was yeah, yeah. it was pretty good. Yeah, it was. I don't really remember the first week of the 2020 league because that was, I mean, it wasn't long ago, but spiritually it was a long time ago <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. chronologically it was just a couple of years ago but spiritually uh you know we we've kind of been through the ringer since then but uh, i don't really remember but yeah no it's it's great it's it's great we'll talk about it uh start off of course the news did we have a lot of news this week or um oh, we had decent i wouldn't say a ton but there's a bunch of head coach firings all right runs down real quick so colt's got their new head coach it is Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen. Okay. So the Colts Eagles chain continues since they've like hired head coaches from each other back and back for like multiple years now. Okay. Uh, and then on the same, coming from the same team, uh, the Cardinals hired Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator, as their new head coach. So the Eagles have a bunch of coaching spots to fill now. That's not ideal. It's not ideal. And so the offensive coordinator that the Colts hired as the new head coach, he took over play calling like halfway through last year and is credited a lot for the turnaround on the offense. Right. So we'll see how we'll see what happens with Hertz and the boys with uh without him next year. Mm-hmm. Uh Eric Bieniemy. Chiefs offensive coordinator is leaving to be the Washington Commanders offensive coordinator and quote unquote assistant head coach. Ugh. Ugh. And so obviously, obviously the question is why would you leave the Chiefs if you won the Super Bowl with twice to go to the fucking Commanders of all teams? And the real I so obviously the pay increase, but also I assume the real reason is he's been overlooked for head coach positions so many times now. Right. And I think a lot of it is people are, all right, yeah, you're offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, but it's fucking Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So right. I feel like this is uh, him trying to prove that it's not, it's, he's contributing as well, and it's not all Andy Reid and Mahomes. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how that works out. And then uh, the NFL is looking to ban the tush-push play. The tush-push play. All right, so that was one of uh, the Eagles' big weapons this season where it's, it's effectively a rugby skin, like where you QB sneak, but then you have like three dudes behind just pushing on the quarterback. Based. Yeah, so they're looking to ban that, which, you know, I, I get it. I, I don't really, I'm not trying to watch rugby. I am trying to watch, you know, football. Eh. I, I, I like the more rugby-esque elements of football, so. Yeah, but there's a, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't know how you're supposed to defend against that. Yeah, I guess, maybe. I mean, it had something like a 95% effectiveness on third and short and fourth and short for the mm -hmm. Eagles. And the 
NFL's like, no, nah, we don't want that. So yeah, it's, it's what it is. It's what it is. Uh, then on the college side, Georgia loses their. Now this is according to an un- a quote unquote friend of mine that is a Georgia fan. Ew. Their best offensive coordinator they ever had is leaving to join the Ravens. So I guess they aren't too happy about that. Oh, the Ravens. Oh, okay, so he's he's making the jump up to the bigs. Yeah, he's making the jump up to the okay. bigs to be the Ra- Ravens offensive coordinator, I assume. Okay. Uh, and this also happened pretty late in the college hiring cycle, so yeah. not not great choices left for Georgia, but, you know, kind of base. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, no, that's terrible. I hate to hear that. My my heart is saddened by this news. Yep, uh, you sound very sad. I'm and then the last up. piece of college news is that Florida changed their NIL laws this week. In the wake, after of course, whole, after that disastrous Florida NIL thing. From a few weeks ago, yep. yeah. So no, no big shocker there. The, yeah. Uh, I guess they had some of the most strict NIL laws because, like, they were one of the first states to enact NIL laws. Right. And that's kind of what caused the issue there. And now right. they just got rid of them in general. That's probably for the best, honestly. And that's it for the news this week. All right. Well. That was that was definitely news. I can tell you that. So, uh, the most newsworthy thing, of course, outside of that this week was the return of the XFL. Now, obviously, a lot of questions. Uh, XFL kind of had a real slow start. There was a lot of when I say slow start, I mean as far as behind the scenes. So I don't know if you recall, but there was a lot of um, I don't know if the word controversy would be correct, but there was some hesitancy. Because they weren't up until like just a few months ago, there was like there was no draft. They'd kept delaying team names and stadium announcements. There was a school of thought that perhaps this was, for lack of a better word, vaporware. That it was maybe just a big marketing ploy by The Rock, you know, something like that. But hey, proud to announce that as of today, then ain't none of that true. There was an actual product on the field. And, you know, it it wasn't too bad. It wasn't, it too, wasn't bad too bad at all. I know a big worry of yours was that, like, The Rock was going to make it about The Rock. And, and it not about slightly was, but uh, it well, was it could have been worse. It could have been much worse. He, he was out there cutting promos, but it, it was. was week one. It was week one. And I feel like he does want... He's, I feel like he's not wrong to use his own popularity to try to hype up the product. Yeah, that's and and that's fair. And that's fair. And that's fair. If he keeps doing it down the stretch, then then that might be a bit of the rock making about the rock. But Uh, I feel like the week one cut and promos isn't a bad thing. This is kind of annoying. ESPN doesn't have it yet for like game stats. They don't have the game cast. Yeah, they probably will eventually. Hopefully, maybe. I don't know. So gonna have to do it on memory, buddy. They're like they're on ESPN. So. Uh, you're so yeah. You're you're gonna have to help me remember some of these. So first game, obviously Viper Renegades in Arlington. Uh, not a great turnout for this one. It was a little disheartening. However, Arlington is big Cowboys country. Obviously, you know they don't need it like other places do. So uh, it wasn't it wasn't too bad though. Uh, this game was the tale of two halves though, right? Like the Vipers, I almost turned this game off, right? The Vipers just dominated the first half. And I was like, because the Renegades were supposed to have been uh, odds on favorites to be the champions this year. But 
You know, they weren't looking like it. But they came out of that locker room, and I'll be damned. Did they not mount some shit, man? They were slanging it. Yeah, so the Vipers, Luis Perez at quarterback, spring football perennial. I believe he threw the first touchdown in the USFL. Based. He was there for XFL 2.0. Based. He the first touchdown on XFL 3.0. So Based. Homie's been, in, homie's been in the spring leagues for a while. You love to see it. Uh, he was fucking slinging the rock mm-hmm. in the first half. Mm-hmm. Then that second half hit through two pick sixes. He looked he looked like an absolute novice. He did. Which, I, I mean, mean, it's in spring league. It's in spring football. <laughs> yeah, so. and, and that's what it is. But yeah, the Renegades off two defensive touchdowns. I think they had one offensive touchdown. Did pull off the upset. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, no, it actually wasn't the upset. They were the, they were uh, the favored team. Oh well, yeah, they were the favored team, but also like no one's seen these people play. So. True. Uh, I'm, I'm calling it. I'm calling it. I guess they pulled off the comeback rather. Not the yes. Uh, I will say there was. You're right. Nobody's seen these teams. The teams hadn't really even seen the teams. So a bit of context here is there was almost no contact in practice leading up to this. Yeah. They were, you know, doing their best. Like five weeks of practice. Yeah, I'll say a month and a half. They were doing their best to avoid injuries, all that. So these guys, you know, they they'd been around each other. I mean, not quite, you know, like a, <laughs> the the bubble league of the USFL last year, but you know, they'd been together. So I mean, they've got the team chemistry, they got the team camaraderie. But you know, as the famous saying goes, everybody's got a plan to get hit in the mouth, and ain't nobody been hit in the mouth yet. So you know, I, I've chalked a lot of this first week up to like I, I'm not like we'll get to power rankings here in a little bit, obviously. But you know, I'm not really putting too much weight in these first games at least in the first half of these games. Second half of the games, all right, maybe. You've had some time to figure it out. Uh, big shout-out, though. I forgot if it was... I think it was the Brahma's game today uh, at halftime. They had, like, a table full of Whataburger for the players to eat at halftime, which was pretty based. Yeah, so typical typical Texas BS. But, uh, but yeah, Renegades uh, looked real good, like real good. Um, who's the coach of the Renegades? It's not. It's not Wade Phillips. Is he Wade? Is he with the Renegades or the Roughnecks? Uh, uh can't remember. Bob Stoops is the head coach of the Renegades. Yeah, Bob Stoops, great coach, of course. All right, then what I'm thinking of will segue us directly into the next game. Then, uh, the Guardians and the Roughnecks, of course. The Guardians suck. <laughs> yeah, the Guardians are bad. They the- got fucked on by the roughneck the guardians are the worst team in the xfl i think um and i was reading i was reading some of the forums people talking about like orlando has put like nothing into this team right they said well first off the coach who let me let me look him up real quick because i i read something about him but i surely it couldn't have been right uh orlando guardians coach they were saying that like he he terrell buckley uh yeah he's like he's never had a head coaching job like ever which that sounds wrong but apparently it's not because i can't find any information about anything about him he played he played ball for the seminoles um 
He was nominated for a Heisman. That's about his biggest claim to fame. He is from Pascagoula, Mississippi, though. So, uh, He played professional baseball for the Mobile Bay Sharks, which I have... That's like a... The that's like the deepest minor league I I think he can yeah. be in. So yeah, this guy is like a literal who nobody, and it kind of honestly showed right now. Of course the or and and that's just that's for the for the you know the on the field product. Now the problem with the Guardians is is they were one of only only two teams moved I think or did three. Uh, they were originally the New York Guardians. I know right, that. that's what I'm saying. Uh, what I was getting at. Uh, they were they moved, and while they were in New York, they were fairly successful. Like they they had a pretty good, they had pretty decent turnout. I mean, not you know maybe as good as you know St. Louis or something, but you know it, it was okay. The move to Orlando was a little perplexing because like I, I don't know like you know it's, Florida is kind of saturated with pro and high uh, college football. Like, I, I don't think you really needed a market down in Florida. Like, it... it and if, if it's so, not Orlando, right? Maybe Panhandle or something, but not Orlando. And it's just not working out. Like, nobody cares. Apparently, nobody in the Orlando area is hyped. Um, so, it, it, it's just a it mess across like, the board. Looks like they got rid of the Los Angeles Wildcats. They became the, the Brahmas, I think, yeah. Uh, and then the Vipers moved from Tampa Bay to Vegas. Okay. I think that's what it was in Tampa. Yeah. Now, Tampa Bay, I feel like, I, I feel like their turnout was pretty good, right? If I recall correctly, yeah, again. It was decent. Yeah. So, I don't know. And some of the some of the moves were perplexing. Technically, but... the Arlington Renegades were Dallas Renegades. In well, morning, that's, but that's like yeah. the same location. That's like a crosstown. So, I mean, we're not going to count that one. Um,. But the Roughnecks, of course, who are now 5-0 and in the history of the XFL, they have literally never lost a game. Okay, just big shout-out. Uh, coached by former Cowboys head coach Wade Phillips, son of the famous Bum Phillips. And imagine, I don't, is that a real, that can't be his real name. Brother named Bum. Anyway, uh, Roughnecks, who were essentially the de facto champions of the 2020 league before the uh, league shut down, uh, there's not really much to say about this game other than the Guardians got their asses kicked. Yeah, the Roughnecks dominated this game. The, the Roughnecks looked great. They were a little slow in the first quarter, but after that, it was just like pedal to the metal, man. And they looked great. They were, they were back in form. I loved it. Huge Roughnecks guy, by the way. Huge Roughnecks guy. So, uh, yeah, not a lot to say there. So, we'll, uh, we'll move into today's slate. Uh, Battle Hawks and the Brahmas. Now, the Battle Hawks are one of the more infamous teams. They, in the 2020 season, had, like, the most rabid, dedicated fan base of the entire XFL. Like, Oh, you'd love to see it. You do. You know, they had this whole... I mean, they were kind of crazy. They were a little bit like a mixture of, like, Eagles and, like, Georgia Bulldogs fans in that they had a bird theme and they would just get up in your face and scream caca over and over again while acting like a bird, Uh, which is a little bit based. Um, What wasn't based was their performance through the first three quarters. Uh, Not great. This game sucked up until literally the last three minutes. This game sucked. Uh, I didn't even hardly watch any of it because it was just that bad. Yeah, it was when you told me like, oh, suddenly we, there's like a game. Like, 
Huh? Yeah. No. But the last three minutes, oh my god, pure unadulterated football porn. Uh, AJ McCarron, of course, QB one for the Battlehawks, my guy, three-time national championship winner, twice as a starter at Alabama, of course. Uh, been out of work for a hot minute. Been out of work for a hot minute. He he had a little stint in um with the Bengals when the redhead. Yeah, since night when the redhead stepchild got hurt, he started a wild card game. Did really well. Um, there was some other extracurricular things. I think uh, was it AJ Brown who was on the team at the time or something, and he was like he was being like a big piss baby, and like he was he was sh- like he was doing a bunch of shit like intentionally like playing badly because he was having a little piss fit or something, and lost him the game essentially. Uh, it was. It was really annoying, to be quite honest, because A.J. McCarron stepped up huge in that game. Like, his first start in the NFL, just, it was heartbreaking. He never really got another chance. He had a little stint down in the Texans behind uh, somebody. I don't know. I think that was the Bill O'Brien year, so who the hell knows what was going down there. Anyway, great guy, beautiful wife outstanding wife uh like miss miss alabama like 10 times in a row or something not not that many uh they got like three kids now wonderful story not the point though great quarterback didn't look so great in the first three quarters uh but i tell you what when he started cooking he started cooking um now i think you pretty much just turned this game off right uh yeah this game was boring as shit it was like fucking three six or something for the whole entire game it was it was literally three six until like the very end and it was just i thought the Brahms was gonna walk away and, and the battle hawks were supposed to be kind of middle of the pack this year uh you know but hey if you have that kind of uh team culture that you can rally like that which by the way i want to shout out the xfl because one of the the rules made this possible so in college high school nfl and hell i think even the usfl after you know after you you after a possession of successful drive whatever you can elect to onside kick and that's the only way you can get the ball back however in the xfl you can do a little thing from the you're on 30 or 25 i don't quite remember the rule and it's like a fourth and 15 play meaning like if you don't make this they're in balls deep in your territory i mean they're in the shadow of your own goal right it's a death kneel if you don't get it so huge play aj absolutely delivers a dime to the sidelines guy toe taps gets it march back down the field for now oh god it was so beautiful i love the xfl man love it yeah i think that's actually a a rule change that the nfl has considered i i wish they would because it's one of those things like you talk about the tush push right like there's no way to defend against it blah blah blah. i think there should be as many skill-based balanced but skill-based things in football as possible if you can pull it off you should be able to do it with that being said as long as it's there's an appropriate counter to it I think the reasoning, like this, this came up. I want to say in the last off season in the NFL, and I think their reasoning against it was for the for the NFL would be a fourth and fifteen. I, I don't know what it is for the XFL. It's fourth and fifteen, yeah. All right, so same thing. So basically, their reasoning was 
the chances of completing the fourth and fifteen were not really better than the chance of an onside kick, and that so they didn't really want to replace something that's equally shit. Well, that's the beauty of the and, XFL is it doesn't replace it. It it's the you can do either. Sure, but I think they also like having the kickers getting their moment since in the XFL kickers are uh, kind of an afterthought. Not very relevant. No. He especially, uh, I think it was actually this game, um, dude absolutely shanked it hard to the right, or no, left. Like, not even like just, oh, it's, he just, no, no. I mean, he, he hit it like into the sidelines, shanked. It was rough. And he was close too, which was, was the problem. Like, he was close to it. And just shanked. I was like, man, I could have done better than that. Come on. Um, but yeah, no, I, that's stupid. Just like, you know, it just if there's more things that, you know, are in people's skill sets at it. I, I don't know. It's fucking NFL. You know why that? You know why they can't rig it? That's why they won't add it. Which well, I feel like it'd be. I'm gonna be honest with you. I feel like it'd be significantly easier to rig a fourth and fifteen than an onside kick. Cope and Seath. Um, <laughs> Am I wrong though? Cope and Seath. I don't know. I didn't, I'm not gonna think about it. That hurts my head. Um, what we both agreed on though. Another thing we love about this. Uh, Dean Blandino up in the command center. Walking you through all like the refs' decisions on a replay. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Again, not something you'll ever see in the NFL. Fucking, you know, up there talking about it. It's like, oh, I've got to bet on them DraftKings for these guys. We can't do it. Fucking NFL. Well, I will say it is nice seeing the head of officiating like doing that for yeah. the XFL. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, there's more than one game happening at a time in the NFL. Sure, fair. So there, fair. there's there's a bit more you'd have to work through than those logistics. Fair, but, but how often is there a simultaneous like you know overturn challenge kind of thing? Oh, fuck if I know, bro. There's like eight games that happen at the same time. I gotta, Sunday I gotta afternoon. say, it's very low. I mean, you know, have like three or four guys up there. Just ah, ah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Anyway, we love it. Uh, what we also loved is that there was one more game, uh, and this one was um, this one was a little bit more chaotic. Obviously, this one was kind of so. First of all, it was kind of weird. So it's played in a soccer stadium, right? So it kind of has like this rowdy soccer feel to it. And defenders fans are um, well, they're the Bills fans of the XFL. Let's put it that way. Uh, they're drunk when they get there. Uh, they only get progressively more drunk during the game. And they have a little tradition that we used to call the beer snake. Yeah, You heard of the beer snake, buddy? Uh, I'm not a drinker, so I have Well, haven't. here's what it was. Uh, at some point, after they'd all down their beverages, they get the cups and they stack them together and they form a snake out of it and they all hold it up and it's just it's one of their things well someone apparently working at audi field thought oh we can't do this and security went and seized the beer snake right well in typical defenders fans fashion they started throwing lemons at the players uh pelting them with it in protest uh that, that was that was wild man that was that was wild uh, the game was also good. Sorry, I, I forgot about that. Uh, no, I was, was I was praising Danucci, uh, who okay. Let me. I know that sounded controversial, but let me let me say it this way: the rest of his team sucked, right? The rest of his team was really bad, and even though he was also not great, uh, 
I feel like he was the only one actually trying. Like he, I don't, I don't want to call him like Mahomes-esque, but he has some scramble in him, like some impressive scramble, like to keep a draw, to keep a play alive. The only problem is, is like most of the time he doesn't have like a weapon downfield like Mahomes does. No, I mean um, he's got obviously the big target that's been hyped up is Josh Gordon, the mm-hmm. ex NFL superstar who's been oh. out of the league for like nine years due to drugs oh yeah okay yeah i was like josh gordon holy shit that is a big name oh yeah okay drugs that's not great he's been like stuck on weed and unable to pass a drug test for like nine years that's hardly even a drug well then they he finally got back in the league last year or the year before and he just kind of fucking sucked so oh okay well whatever um and apparently in the xfl he's not too much damn better so no, but uh, it's still a pretty decent game. Yeah. Uh, I will say, today's games, I felt had more fans in the stadium than yesterday's. Yeah, they did. Well, Which I feel like that was probably a result of people saw the games yesterday. Like, oh, these games might not be that shit. Let me well, let me, let me run it down real quick and explain why for, for two reasons. All right. Yesterday, so both games, so th- three, of the, <laughs> three of the four games were in Texas, right? Which is, yep. you know, that makes sense. It was cold in Texas. Um, as a Southerner, let me explain to you how we respond to cold. We don't. If it's yeah, cold, it's cold in Texas. Yes. If it's cold, cold, we don't go anywhere. This morning, for example, it was really cold. Guess where I didn't go? Church. So, you know, <laughs> if we're yeah, not going. To... It was a nice sixty here, and I well, went to the subway. To be fair, yeah, it, it, it warmed up, and it's uh, it's actually a nice fifty-one right now at midnight. So that's. It's gonna be nice all week, but um, and then yeah, that's my point. So then the San Antonio game today, it had warmed up. Yeah, I think people came out, uh, and then the DC. I mean, they're those fans are gonna come out no matter what. They're crazy. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm hoping no, the Battle Hawks don't have a home game until week four. You so were saying that, I yeah, that's do, crazy. It is crazy. I expect the Battle Hawk fans to turn out in big numbers. For the game. Well, I mean, they did in 2020, and I don't think there's going to be a difference. I don't think there's going to be anything different now. So, yeah, that's that's going to be huge. Uh, we got next week. So next week is our first Thursday game. Uh, Thursday at 8 on uh, FX, weirdly like, enough. That is kind of a late game, especially for a week, well, a weekday. So we got uh, 9 PM here. The, the Battle Hawks and the Sea Dragons at Lumen Field in Seattle. Uh, I mean, there's no, you know, there's no odds or line for any of this, but I'm just going to, um, I feel Battle Hawks for the Sea Dragons suck. Unless Danucci, unless, unless in practice week, Danucci like just absolutely beats the shit out of his wide receiver and said, please catch these balls. I will kill you if you don't. I don't see anything changing with that program. Uh, Battlehawks coming off that huge comeback victory. You you got to think that like for the culture, man, that's doing numbers and they just believe right now. So uh, according Behold. to the thing, though, it is going to be 31 degrees. <laughs> so Yikes. rip. Um, that's going to be a cold one. Uh, so that means Saturday we're only going to have one game, which is a little disappointing, but it is what it is. Uh, 6 p.m. on FX, we got the Defenders and the Vipers. Uh, Vipers, obviously, you know, I'm th- here's a, here's the thing though, right? Like Heinz Ward, he's an established coach, established player, great, great football mind. I feel like he's got to turn the ship around, right? Like that was embarrassing, yeah, but it's a, it was bad. It's a teachable moment though. It's a teachable moment. Um, 
I feel like he turns that around. Defenders, not at home, no beer snake, no rabid fans in Vegas on the other side of the country. You know, maybe? I don't know. Oh, well, I mean, Heinz Ward isn't the Vipers head coach. Who's he the head coach of? The Brahmas. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking the comeback, but yeah, no, no. Okay, well, whatever. Point is, you know. Whatever. They have Rod Woodson as their head. I coach. have no idea who that is, so you understand why I made the mistake. Yep. Uh, all right, Sunday at 3. Here's Heinz Ward. I found him. Heinz Ward and the Guardians uh, will play in Orlando with probably zero people in the stands. Uh... Okay, remember what I said a minute ago about the bounce back and the teachable moment and all that? So just apply that to this. Uh, Guardians still suck. They're the worst team in the XFL. Uh, I don't see them riding that ship because their coach is literally a literal who who doesn't know how to coach. And I honestly don't know if he makes it through the season. Like, I, I put that in stone, mark that down, prediction. I don't think the coach even makes I don't know. I mean, I don't know how the contracts work, but I just feel like that's – he's. He sucks a lot. So, uh, and then oh, this is oh, this one so early in the season, but with so much championship implication, the Renegades and the Roughnecks. That's gonna be big a Texas hell battle. of yeah, big Texas battle. That's gonna be a hell of a game too. I honestly don't know. I mean, the Roughnecks looked uh, dominant pretty much across the game, but that second half for the Renegades was pretty brutal. So. This one, I'm I'm saying either way on this one, but I feel like my roughnecks can make it through. So, and that's the right. XFL. Let's talk beefy rankings. All right. So you want to start right. from the bottom on this one? All right. Now these are my beefy rankings. These are my decisions based off this week's games. You might have differing opinions, but you know. So starting at the bottom, in last place. I put the San Antonio Brahmas. See, that's wild. I think, okay, never mind. Sorry. Remember when I said I don't disagree? I disagree. For me, it's got to be, it's got to be the Guardians, man. I know you think it's the Guardians, but the Brahmas, they had, they had that game like the whole time and then they just shit themselves. Right. Now I have the Guardians at seven and I put the Guardians there because I feel like they just got like shit on Mm. by the Roughnecks. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Brahmas just went out like a wet fart. Yeah, they just they collapsed. Never really showed anything. But that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like the Brahmas, at least like put up a little bit of something, right? I mean, they put up three more points than the Guardians, and the okay, Guardians are playing my spoiler alert. Best played my spoiler best team on the list. Okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. I am my my going through the whole list here. The Brahmas I ranked lower because they fucked around and lost to a much worse team than the Guardians lost to. Okay, that's so, yes, fair. That's seven, fair. got Guardians, went over that. At six, I have the Vegas Vipers. Uh, you know, they lost to the Renegades. They lost this week, so they're going to be in the bottom half. I could see the argument for the Vipers or the Sea Dragons. I just felt like the second half the Vipers put up was really fucking bad. Yeah, uh, I would I would definitely agree with that. The Sea Dragons, while putting up an L, it was a well-fought L. 
at right. least. Like they they tried. And like I said, there is some talent on that team, although it's mostly at QB and not really anywhere else. So Alright, so my five was the Sea Dragon, the best of the losing teams in my opinion. Yeah. At four, I have the Battlehawk. Which I think is criminally I think it's criminally low. Criminally low. Well, they eked out a win in the last moments. Yeah, but it was it was a but it was a big comeback win though. So. It was a big comeback win, but it wasn't big enough to shoot them up the power rankings compared okay. to the other teams. All right, fair, fair, fair. Sorry, the beefy rankings. Yeah, okay. Uh, in three, I have the Renegades. Right. The Renegades did win. They had a fantastic defensive second half. Gonna need to see a bit more out of the offense to push. Yeah. Them. Oh yeah. But hey, if that defense keeps getting multiple pick sixes a game, they'll go all the way. So. And in two, the DC Defenders. I feel like they had a pretty solid all-around game this week. You know, multiple turnovers for us. Decent offense. And uh, they walked in that last touchdown to seal the game. And then forced a fumble to win. And then obviously I won the Houston Roughneck. I mean, there's Nothing you really can say except they dominated the Guardian. Put, the only team to put up points in the 30s. Looked like the most complete package this week. Really so. did. And as just, as the ranked. as the undefeated of all time, uh, Roughnecks never lost a game, ever. Reigning de facto champions. Love to see it. That's right. So. And that's all we got for football. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel about talking a little bit of Elimination Chamber? Well, I mean, just watched it. It's a good time. While I was pulling this up, I actually found out a fun fact. Apparently, the Elimination Chamber is not called that in Germany. Apparently, it's called No Escape. And I thought, huh, that's weird that they don't call it Elimination Chamber in Germany. And then it dawned on me, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that makes, some reasons they can't that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. So, uh, obviously, the last premium pay-per-view event whatever they're calling they don't call them pay-per-views anymore the last premium live event yeah before wrestlemania 42 days away by the way very excited Uh, i i love the elimination chamber frankly i think it's a great it's a great concept and it was such a it was so good that like even the women's match was good right um obviously oscar coming out on top I'm not huge on women's wrestling. Sure, so. fair, fair, fair. But love seeing Oscar win. But even, even like, but that's my point. It's like the the elimination chamber as a concept is so good, right? I that, did enjoy seeing that bitch get thrown through the fucking. It's not glass, but you know the plastic wall. Yeah, that was hilarious, dude. She <laughs> and with it, then Liv Morgan just ran back into her thing. Was like, nope, fuck this. I'm not doing this. Fuck this. Um. Yeah, that was that was really good. So Oscar will go on to face uh, Bianca Belair for the women's championship at WrestleMania. But let's move on. Nobody gives a shit about women's wrestling. So Bobby Lashley, the almighty Brock Lesnar. Now, very, very short match at four, just under five minutes, four minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, It was it was really good. I I kind of loved how it ended, though. Uh, by oh, Brock yeah, Lesnar just absolutely kicking him in the nuts. 
Uh, that is a disqualification, of course. But you know what? Who cares? Fuck Bobby Lashley. Going after the ref as well. Oh, and then hitting the ref with the F5. That was just... This match was like... Because this, like, this whole storyline just didn't even make much sense. Like, there's not... I know they've been kind of back and forth for a couple of months, but it didn't feel like it had any weight to it. And then it's not like going anywhere. Like neither of them have titles, right? This felt like just a pure, like enjoyment match. And it really was after, I mean, when, when he hit the, hit the ref, with the F5 I was just like, yes, that's, that's the Brock Lesnar. I love to see So, yeah, fuck, fuck Bobby Lashley, uh, edge and Beth Phoenix against the judgment day, I, man. I gotta be real. I love Edge. Edge is one of my all-time favorite wrestlers. He's old. He is, unfortunately. He's uh, like forty-nine, I think. Yeah. Uh, when I first like got into wrestling big, uh, like ten or so years ago, he was he had he was the heavyweight champion on SmackDown, uh, and he was just oh my, he was so cool. His music is would hit. And you'd get so hyped up, and his spear was so great. He looked like a crazy, insane guy. Of course, he got hurt. We thought he was never coming back. He returns at the uh, 2021 uh, Royal Rumble, I believe. Uh, Amazing. But I'm going to be real with you. I didn't give a shit about this storyline, right? Like, Beth Phoenix, his his wife, by the way, his real wife, um... And then, like, so I love Finn Balor. I, like, I remember when Finn Balor, like, he was huge. He was huge in the Indians, uh, Indies, as uh, Prince, Prince, not Prince Balor. What was, his, what was his name in the Indies? I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, he was huge in the Indies. So when he came, it was uh, Prince Devitt. That was it. It was like, oh, dude, that's huge. Uh, love him. I don't love him with Rhea Ripley. And Dominique Mysterio. First off, Dominique Mysterio is like one of the most annoying people in the WWE right now. It's like a little rat. Well, he's just he's, he's such a little bitch boy. He's such a little fuck boy. I hate him. I do like the bit where he keeps trying to like pretend he's hard because he like got thrown in the drunk tank overnight or something. So he keeps yeah. talking about like, oh, I was in prison. He's got like a teardrop tattoo or something. It's, it's so it is a little that is funny. I, I like that. I like that. But this, I don't know. This is just really boring. It felt like a waste of edge, man. Like, and I get it. You're right. He's old. I'm like, I don't know if he even can like main event anymore. So, uh, that said, it was still a pretty enjoyable match. But, um, man, Rhea Ripley is ugly as sin, dude. That is oh, a, yeah. so gross. Which is, which is weird. Cause like you look at pictures of her where she doesn't have like all that black makeup on and stuff. And she's like, eh, yeah, all right. God, she's only 26? Dude, no. Ooh. I would have sworn she was like 30-something. Woof. That's bad. Woof. Anyway, she's a pretty good wrestler. Though. I'll give her that. And she can sell, dude. She, uh, What was it? It was um, it was after they'd gone out of the ring, and I think Beth hit her with like some sort of like power slam, and she sold the shit. I was like, hell yeah, dude. That's great. You'd love to see it. Um. But yeah, no, that match I could not have given less of a shit about. Uh, however, the men's elimination chamber match. Oh my god, that was, that was great. That was great. I don't. I like. I don't. I didn't know it because I haven't watched in of like two or three years. I didn't know any of these people other than Seth Rollins, of course, like uh, Bronson Reed. So. I knew Austin Theory because he got beat up by Pat McAfee at the last WrestleMania. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. Uh, I think that's the only one. Well, I, I, spoiler, I knew who Logan Paul was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did too, which which is funny because every time he shows up, I forget he's in the WWE and I go, 
Oh yeah, he's here. Um, Bronson Reed, I didn't know who the hell he was. Damian Priest, I did know who John, Johnny Gargano was, but not in the context of being in the WWE. He was another big indie darling for a long time, so you heard a lot about him. And I think he, I think he spent a good while in NXT as well. Let me pull this article up real quick and see. Um, yeah, he was in, he was in NXT. Oh God, God, he spent like a long time in the Indies. Holy crap! Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's not the point. Uh, and then Montez Ford, who is part of the uh, Street Profits. I actually like Montez Ford a lot. I think he's actually a really good wrestler, and uh, they're actually really good personalities too. They're really funny. I, I like. I just like seeing them. And then of course Seth Rollins, which I don't like his this new persona of Seth Rollins. I, I say new. It's been Seth freaking Rollins for a while. But Seth Rollins obviously made his WWE main roster debut uh, as part of the Shield with Roman Reigns and uh, Dean Ambrose. And I, oh my God, I love the Shield. They were probably one of my favorite stables, staple, stables of the post-Attitude era. So just loved them. Them breaking up was literally heartbreaking to me. Um, and then he went on to be like, he was like a stooge for like uh, Triple H, which he actually, I was shocked to see he still hits people with the pedigree, which I think is a good little callback. But, um, you know, I don't know what the hell this new gimmick is. He like, I don't know. It's annoying and I don't like it. Uh, yeah, great match. I loved because, so when the women's won, like they were consistently like getting people, you know, pinned and uh, submitting. But for a lot of this match, it was just all seven of them in there beating the absolute shit out of each other. Six, and yeah. yeah, and it was, it was, uh, I can't count. Um, it was great. Montez Ford's move where he climbed up and like oh, fell like a bat. Oh my God. I love that. Uh, and then they parlayed that pretty well into a uh, curb stomp from, um, Seth Rollins to get him out. And then, then, so I was watching it and the people I was watching it with, with when, after that happened, and like they brought out the personnel for Mont Montez Ford, and they were like, "Oh, he's hurt." Like the people I was watching with were legitimately like, "Oh, is he okay? Is he okay?" I was like, "Listen, here's rule number one in the WWE: if the camera is on it, they're fine. If the camera is not on them, they're not fine. But if they're if they're making a point about it and they're putting it on screen, that means it's part of the act. Don't fall for it." Uh, and then you know they carried him out. And I wasn't really thinking, I was like, man, what was the point of that? But then right, right as it almost happened, I was like, wait, is the door still open? And then Seth Rollins, right, while him and Austin Theory are the last two up, uh, Logan Paul comes out of nowhere, which I don't like Logan Paul. I don't know about you, but I don't like Logan Paul. And I don't know if it's just because he's like a fuckboy YouTuber. Is he the YouTuber or is he the other one the YouTuber? They're both YouTubers. What's the other one's name? Uh, Jake Paul. Is he the boxer? Um, I think they both boxed at one point. Okay, because I saw an ad for one of the Pauls is going to be on a boxing thing soon, so. Yeah, Jake Paul is still boxing. Okay. I, I want to say Logan Paul also was boxing at one point in his career. Okay. Alright, I, I literally only know one of the i guess logan no jake because of yeah, i uh, think no so logan paul was both bigger in boxing before jake paul okay 
and it looks like he faced Floyd Mayweather Jr. Who was I remember that. Boxer. I remember that. So yeah. That that was who Logan Paul faced. So. Oh, okay. Well, I only know the Pauls because of that controversy with like the suicide forest in Japan, and yeah, I only know this one. I only know that because of PewDiePie. So, uh, yeah, I don't care. Uh, obviously, that's going to set up a well, well, Austin Theory one retain the U.S. Championship. Okay, cool. Um, obviously, this is going to set up like a big, huge match between Seth Rollins and, and uh, Jake Paul at WrestleMania. That makes sense, obviously, because they're like two big personalities, and Jake Paul in a match in L.A. Right? Logan, Just, but yeah whatever i don't care um they're, they're the, listen, I, let's, I be, no, 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 let's be real that. they're the same person i'm not buying sure. into this i don't think there's i don't think they're brothers i think it's just one guy and it's like they cg him into the videos if you say so okay now i did see that like leading up to this match that seth rollins was like talking a lot of shit on him like that he didn't belong in the wwe <laughs> he's been talking shit on everybody he was talking mad shit on CM Punk too, but I'm not, I think, so the talking shit about Jake Paul, uh, sorry, Logan Paul, um, that's obviously, you know, a work, but I'm pretty sure this thing on CM Punk is a legitimate shoot, to be quite honest, like, because CM Punk Damn. is an asshole, <laughs> like, nobody likes him, I don't know how he still has a job with anybody, but fuck, if some about people getting old, CM Punk is getting old, how old is he? Because he wasn't no spring chicken, even when he was like, oh, God, he's 44. 44. Woof. Yeah. What a man. What a fuck boy. I can't stand him. Anyway, speaking of fuck boys, main event for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship, the tribal chief Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman, of course. And Sami Zayn, hometown kid. Oh my, what a, like, okay, so let me preface with saying this. I don't like Roman Reigns. I liked him in the Shield, but as soon as they broke up, when they broke up was right at the end of John Cena's, like, reign over the WWE, right? Like, even when he didn't have a title, he was still the guy, right? Roman Reigns was, like, handpicked, groomed, nurtured to be the next John Cena. Obviously not. He hasn't had the cultural impact that John Cena has, but within the WWE, he is very much the successor to that crown right. or whatever. I have I've not liked him for a long time. It's not even like I'm not even being a mark. I just I just legitimately don't like him. I think he's boring. Uh oh, he was terrible on the mic back in the that day. Like when he first got and he was just, oh my god, and his whole moveset was boring and stale. He had to like he he had to like he I don't want to say he stole the spear, but like he had to like co-op the spear to even like get any sort of reaction from anyone because his stupid little Superman punch thing is dumb at best. Um but whatever. But I'll say with him as the tribal chief, where they finally let him be the bad guy. It kind of works. It kind of works. Yeah, I, I like it. I've been, yeah, I've enjoyed it. It's really good. In fact, the whole story of the bloodline has been very interesting because it's got like, it's very far reaching. Like you've got the whole thing with the Usos. You had the thing with Sami Zayn. You had the thing with uh, Cody Rhodes, obviously, that we'll talk about here in a second. You know, a lot of plot points. Paul Heyman, of course, in rare form as always. Love Paul Heyman. Oh my God, he's the best. He um. 
Just always seeing him in the background doing yeah. fucked up faces, like doing rat shit with his hands. I'm telling you, like, speaking of selling, to not be touched. I mean, he got touched in this, obviously. <laughs> Fucking, he got his ass kicked. Um, but to, like, not be part of the action, he sells so well. Um, oh, yeah. I, I love him. He was, uh, what, what, did they, what did they used to call him back in ECW days? Man, he was a, he was a pill back then, too. ECW was wild, man. They used, to, uh, they used to show episodes that real late on the WWE Network back when it existed. Uh, and man, it was it was fucking like they were just in some like rundown old thing in Philadelphia. Oh, my God, it was great. Um, but anyway, sorry, I digress. Huge pop for Sami Zayn, of course, at home in Montreal. Uh, great match, too, right? Like you would like back in the day, this would have been an utter squash match. then they would have done that just for the heat right they would have done it just for the heat but no they set Sami Zayn up as a legitimate contender in this right it was utter blow for blow despite the fact that in real life Roman Reigns could literally just break Sami Zayn in half yeah I mean Roman Reigns looked much bigger he's huge he's huge and Sami Zayn Sami Zayn's like one of those big technical wrestlers, right? Like he's he that, looks like a hobo they brought off the street. He does look like a hobo, days. yeah. I wish he would shit, man. Uh, it reminds me of Daniel Bryan back in the day when he had like that wild man beard look. And I'm just like, every time they come out, I'm like, my, my brother in Christ, please shave. <laughs> please shave. You look insane. Um, big Sami Zayn guy, though, so... But yeah, no, I mean, real competitive. They even, they even like brought his like wife into it a little bit, which I thought was yeah. really good. Um, and I tell you what, there's even like a nuance to the writing because like obviously in wrestling, it's very like black and white morality most of the time. There's the good guy, there's the heel, and then there's the face. But it's interesting to see how Roman, while being the heel, there's still some sort of like internal morality to himself where he's still is justifying his actions and i've never seen like nuanced writing from the wde like that i don't know where the hell that's coming from so uh it's good to see i like it it's great same Zayn did lose of course obviously they're not going to turn over the title 42 days away from wrestlemania obviously um yeah but and uh, two things two things were on my mind when it happened first off I half expected them to pull some bullshit where they would have like reenacted the Montreal Screwjob from 1997 with Shawn Michaels and Brett the Hitman Hart. I thought, come on, that's what they're going to do. And 10 years ago, they that's what exactly what they would have done, and it would have gone over like a lead balloon. But whoever's in that writing room right now said, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> they're just going to get it's going to be a clean match. But what I loved was, you know, um, so, you know, they, they, the, the Usos came back out, obviously. Jay tried to stop it or whatever, the whole thing. Um, they started beating up on Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens comes out, another Montreal home kid. Comes out, starts whipping everybody's ass, loved it. That was, that was just purely for the crowd at that point, right? This whole oh, match, yeah. this whole match meant nothing in the grand scheme of the storyline. In fact, I'm sure tomorrow on Raw, like, this will just essentially be over. I could be wrong. They could parlay this into a, a a triple threat match between Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I could see that happening. I, I just don't think it will. It could, but I don't think it will. I think they really want to hype up that Cody Rhodes, uh, Roman Reigns thing. But um, 
But yeah, no, you could tell because the crowd just died after Sami Zayn lost. They weren't even booing. They were just defeated. It was dead. Yep. But KO's music hits and they're right back in it. And everybody, because it was great because like I said, a long time ago, they would have just had Sami Zayn go out. They, they would have had, they would have gone dark with him on his back, right? That would have been it. But to end it like they did with both of them kind of celebrating, like purely a panda to the crowd. But you know what? You love to see it. And you also love to see Paul Heyman get his ass kicked. <laughs> that was fantastic. I love when he ran in there and he started like a little like a little girl pounding on the back of KO's back. And I was just turned around and was like, bro, are you serious? Oh my god. Yeah, great pay-per-view. Um love to see it, so. Uh that's about it. You got anything else? Sure don't. All right. Well, hey, we'll be back next week for more XFL. Um, that's about it. <laughs> We're getting into real, real skim, uh, you know, real skim hours, real skim weeks uh, with XFL. But yeah. um, I'm hoping the, the XFL is going to get a like I say going to get better. It's not bad, right? Um, but it's going to it's going to get livelier. I you've probably noticed that uh, all the matches were pretty low scoring, so. I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping. I'm hoping over the next couple of weeks, so it uh, it pops off. So, good week of football. Good week of wrestling. Uh, probably a good week in other sports, but I don't give a shit about other sports. So, yeah, we right. Tennessee. We beat Bama in college basketball. Yeah, well, who cares? We're still number one. We're going to be the number one seed going into March Madness, and uh, we beat Georgia by forty nine points. So that's all that really yeah, so matters. We like doubled their scores. Oh, we. Shit. I watched that game. I watched like I kind of kind of watched it, but I just like every time I looked over, I was like, "God dang, are y'all gonna score some points? Y'all suck." Because <laughs> like Georgia's yeah, not even a bad team. Fifty-nine. Yeah. <laughs> beat the shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, eat my ass, Georgia. All right. Well, that was fun. We'll yep. see y'all next week. Say goodbye. Bye.